Jeg følte jeg hadde noe å ordne Så jeg kom som en komet inn i skolen Norge Folk lo da jeg ville starte podcast Vel, da har ikke gått så verst Vi er det nye vinje, vi er det neste store Må gjøre det for kids og lage verdens beste skole Dyp moralsk forpliktelse, ikke tror jeg spøker Nå starter vi et forlag og begynner å gi ut bøker OK, hvordan skape en god skole er ute 5. desember kan bestilles i nettbutikken på www.ebsn.no Et bedre skole-Norge Velkommen til Et bedre skole-Norge Den dagen her har jeg gledet meg utrolig mye til For i dag så skal vi på skolebesøk til en Agora-skole i Nederland vi skal møte chef Drommen, som er en av grunnleggerne av Agora-skolene. På utsiden kan en Agora-skole minne om en vanlig skole, men så fort du kommer in så lägger du merke til at det er helt annerledes. Agora-skolen? Tenk dig en skole uten timplan, karakterer, lekser og klasser for elever fra 12 til 18 år, som alle har fått ta kontrollen over egen læringsreise. Utgangspunktet er tanken om at mennesket har en naturlig nysgjerrighet og gjerne vil finne ut av ting. Men ikke alle barn og unge er interessert i det samme samtidig. På Agora-skolene får hver enkelt elev ta utgangspunkt i det som interesserer dem, og så coaches de videre av de voksne. De som driver skolen sier «Forget all you know about teaching and think about all you know about learning». De tänker at skole er en blanding av et universitet for kunskap. Et buddhistisk kloster hvor du kan tänka, en fornøyelsespark hvor du kan leke, og en markedsplass hvor du kan byttehandle. Chef Drummond, som er en av grunnleggerne av Agora-skolen, siterer Einstein når han ser att han har ikke en brillant hjerne, men at han er lidenskapelig nysgjerrig. Han mener at nysgjerrighet er motoren i all læring, og fantasi er bensinen for motoren. Problemet i dag er at det er folk som mener at de vet hvordan det burde være. Mens det vi burde gjøre er å være nysgjerrige og prøve ut sammen og finne ut av hvordan det burde være. Drummond mener vi må tenke helt nytt om skole. Traditionell skole med timplan, oppgaver, karakterer og lekser er gammeldags tenkning om læring. Når elevene er 12 år har de i dag allerede lært å ikke være for nysgjerrige, for det passer ikke in i systemet. Men læring handler i stor grad om å være nysgjerrig og stille spørsmål mye mer enn å finne riktig svar. Meningsfull læring sker når du er motivert, og du kan ikke leke uten å være motivert. Og derfor er lekende læring essensielt, mener Drummond. Agora passer kanskje ikke for alle elever, men det er viktig at det finns slike skoler for dem som trenger det. Og kanskje kan vanlige skoler bli litt inspirert av denne måten å tenke på, uten nødvendigvis å måtte ta den helt ut. At alle skal med betyr ikke nødvendigvis at alle må gjøre det samme på samme tid. Det som Drummond sier om at det viktige er å skape et miljø hvor folk virkelig ønsker å være, og at du trenger egentlig bare mange hyggelige mennesker samtidig i en bygning, så lærer de. Det er en interessant strategi. Kanskje er det det vi trenger å være mer opptatt av i utviklingen av norsk skole. Det er sånn at alle foreldre må stille opp med to inspirasjon-lessons i løpet av et skoleår. Det fører til at det er to 
Inspirationslessons som är er frivilliga var eneste dag. Det kan vara att någon berättar om oljeborring, hur det är er att som tandläkare eller att man får en omvisning på ett bakeri. Så det är er väldigt många olika möjligheter där. Lärare jag har snackat med på skolan här säger att de har sett att den traditionella skolan inte fungerar, så att därför önskar de heller att jobba här. För mig virker det för att vara helt ärlig väldigt extremt, men också otroligt intressant. Jag synes det har varit väldigt inspirerande att besöka två forskjellige skolor här. Denna episoden blev tagit upp lite i farta utan väldigt mycket regi, så den bara präga det, men jag vill säga si det är er otroligt intressanta poänger och samtaler vi har undervejs i den episoden. Det var chef Drummen, Sönmans som är er rektor på en av Agora skolorna och så var det en elev som också var med i episoden. Bli med. Ett bättre skolemorge. Yeah, what we we are in an agora school and we have to quit all thinking about schools. What we need to develop children in the best way is a learning environment. So a learning environment is something different as a school. A school is traditional, has teachers, has teachers who have school subjects, have grades, have tests, has homework and that what we call institutionalized rubbish of the old thinking about education. So what we do is give the engine of learning, what is the curiosity of the child, it's just like Einstein said, I'm not so brilliant in the brain, I'm just passionately curious. So curiosity is the engine of the learning and the imagination is the fuel of that engine. And that's the only thing you have to provide, that children can be curious. And that's very difficult. For instance, when the child is 12, he has learned not to be too curious. Because teachers say, uh, now shut, shut down, uh, I, I ask you things, and, and he has a different question. But uh, he is conditioned that he knows that school goes in the way it has to go then for sure you know it's wrong because curiosity doesn't stop. So what we see is in the first week, we call it the detox, that children are infected by the system and aren't curious enough. So we have made them free again in the brains so they can, can ask questions. And after half a year at Agra school, children aren't afraid to, to ask questions. And learning is not about finding answers. Learning is about being curious and having questions. And when you have enough questions, then you will be bright. And not when you find a lot of answers, because then you can use your computer, you find the answers. You talked about um, not doing instruction in classes, just letting, just quitting with the instruction. But you have something you call master classes. Can you please uh, tell me about that? There is no difference between learning and being alive. So what we, in in a traditional way of thinking, is that you go twenty years to school, your brains are dead, and when you when you after. 20 years, you, you get alive, you're 24, you have your master, and then uh, the world says, and now you live 100 years, and you have to do it by yourself. 
Why don't we start doing it by ourselves when we are born? Well, because when we are born, we, we are do, do it by ourselves. So we make no difference between life and learning. So what uh, a, a very good way of learning is getting into society. And what we do is, we call it master classes, is that we ask parents that they should organize two master classes a year per child. And it could be that, that a mother goes to uh, the bakery and says, you are a baker, can you talk at the school of my son about being a baker, being someone, a, a constructor or someone from a building or someone who uh, breeds canaries or whatsoever. And when you have 300 children or 100 children, then you have 200 parents. And when you have 200 parents, those 200 parents have 10 acquaintance persons or friends or neighbors. And so you have, uh, you have a network of 2,000 people. And then you, you bring society into school. Or otherwise, there is be someone who has a, a garage who says... Uh, 20 uh, children, if you like, and then tell them what I'm doing in my garage. And that's for free. There's no costs. And it's very simple to organize. And parents are also involved in the learning environment, and that, that it, it's absolutely necessary. But someone, there's one who, a parent says, yeah, I can, I, I, my network is very small, but... Uh, I can help uh, at the end of the year when there is a barbecue or I can make some cookies uh, together with them. And that's also a masterclass. Mm -hmm. So masterclass is using the environment and using life because life and learning is the same. Yeah. This is the classic question in Norway about the exams and like the final diploma. But uh, we talked about it earlier and you say that they will... Anyways, they will learn 80% by themselves, just being curious. And if there is 20% missing, then you can just teach for the test. No. What we have, for instance, in Romont, where we have the Agora the longest now for eight years, there we have 30 expert coaches. So a child looks to his development together with his coach, and then we see some lacks in his development, for instance, for mathematics and he has a lag of 15%, and then he uh, goes to the expert coach of uh, mathematics, and they make a, an appointment, and then the expert coach explains to the child something about mathematics, and he, the, the gap that is in, in his development of mathematics will be closed by the expert coach, but the expert coach has no class. He just has two or three children who are motivated to fill up the gap of mathematics. So you always have motivated children who want to fill up their gaps. Mm. So it is very efficient, efficient way of learning, and then children pass their exam. Mm. That's the way we do it. And in Vermont we have 32, I believe 32, when I retired, we had... 32 expert coaches from all languages and uh, mathematics and, and things like that. This is uh, like a podcast where mm. 1,500 to 3,000 teachers and school leaders listen to every week. So just say what's important. Well, from my point of view, what's important is that you, you create an environment where people really like to be. And when you 
have a place where people really like to be, whether that's a, a parent or a student or a, or a coach or a teacher or whatever you may name them. You can see even the most age or cognitive ability set aside, it's not even important, people become these learning machines again. Parents tell me I haven't seen my kid like this since he was in kindergarten. Because in kindergarten that's the place where learning and living and, Play. and playing are synonym to each other. And we're kind of bringing that back. So, so if you have a traditional class, you have 45 minutes. As a teacher, you set yourself the goal. This is what I want those kids to learn in those 45 minutes. You have one goal for that lesson. And most of the time, most of the kids don't even learn at one goal. Here, I, if you have 45 minutes with a student and you're just analyzing what he's doing, he will learn a multitude of things. And that's the environment you have to create with each other. And in society, we call it a school, but it's much more, that's where Agra stands from, the marketplace, the world as a curriculum. So you just have to have very nice people together in a building and you can learn. And that's all you really need. Mm. And what's the, the similarity between playing and learning is that meaningful learning is learning when you're motivated and you can't play without motivation. So when, when I say you have to play, but, but you are not mm. interested to play, the, so you, there is absolutely voluntarily if you want to play and playing means I'm motivated. You can't be ordered to play, then, yeah, it looks like playing, but, but it's no, not real playing. So playing means motivation. If you have a soccer team or you have a football team, if the team plays well, is if they have fun playing with each other. Mm. It's not the salary they make. Mm. Uh, and when, when a team isn't playing well, there isn't any fun in effect, so people are getting paid millions of dollars to play something that they loved playing for their entire lives and still sometimes they suck at it. Yeah. And, and playing is also something what is uncertain. For instance, when you look to, look to a movie or you look to a, to a detective movie, then you look all the way, it lasts for an hour and you want to know who's the murderer. But you, you could be very easy and look at the last two minutes and you know who, who the murderer is. Yeah. But, but it's the way to looking towards the murder, that's the playing. So playing is also something that activates your mind. I know one who is making the sudokus, sudokus every time. But yeah, in the back of the book you, can, <laughs> you look for all sudokus and you can't fill them up. Why, why do you do that? Yeah, because you want to play. And that's and everything you see. And for instance, when you look at an, at the painting, that's also playing because you look at the paintings and you think, now I think it's not a beautiful painting. But what does the painter means or things like that? And then you you play with, for instance, the the painting, and everything is playing. But everything is also learning. 
And what we did in the Enlightenment in the 18th century is say that knowledge is good for the, for the human being, so we have to spread the knowledge. So we make little parts of it, and we said this is mathematics, and this is biology, and things like that. So the system worked for 200 years very well, but since the 21st century, it is expired of date. So we have to have a completely new system. What goes back to how the Homo sapiens learns. And for instance, 4,000 years before Christ, in the old Egypt, were as intelligent as we are. We only have more opportunities. And we learn from things like uh, books and that we, we have the technology and it, it's an exponential way of learning and it's so complex, but now we need a completely different way and we have to go back to how learning meant to be. Mm. To me it seems like the education system in some ways are broken and what a lot of people do is to, it's this thesis about the broken window that if a window is broken you have to act on it and start doing something but sometimes it's uh, better to not fix the window but just to tear down the whole wall and build another building or something yeah, yeah. that's kind of the feeling yeah. i'm getting because yeah. my school is doing pretty well but still it feels like the system is kind of it's not working it's like mm. you you try to fix something by this uh, solution yeah. but still it's not working so yeah. it seems like you, you can't fix the system, yeah. it's, yeah, it's that, outdated. That's be, that because people think that they know how it should be. Yeah. But I your know, way of yeah. thinking should be, I don't know how it will you, be. Together we look how it will be. And we create our learning environment together. So you have to be free in your head and only trust that the quality of the development of, of the self-taught learning machine what people are that that will work and it only works in a, in a related situation of trust and and curiosity and go for it and and we help each other that's that's and that's the sort of ecosystem of learning and the point of that not knowing it's like the 19th century so people would were riding horses and the fact that they were riding horses made they wanted the horses to go faster so they hit the horses and they give it different food or uh, train the horses different way but we're we're building cars here yeah so it's a different approach and you don't know what the next car is going to be yeah the only thing you know is that that horse ain't going faster So look for a different way to achieve the same goal or or, uh, so especially ask people from outside of education I guarantee you if you have a mixed variety of people just come together around a a group of kids and say what do we need that it takes a village to raise a child or or whatever the analogy you want to use that's the thing we have to look yeah and I know a professor very well he is from a technical university and uh, his students built uh, solar cars and he is the only person in the Netherlands who is the coach of a world team of soccer players and that are robots so we always hope that we will be soccer champion football champion and he works with students from 20 to 24 and he says what 10 students 
together can create two professors can't hmm. so the quality of learning in the future is learning together yeah. and the complementarity between persons is very important so you have someone who is very creative and you have someone who is very uh, very precise in, in, in doing the details and yeah. and together then you get a, a good product yeah. and, and what we see now in traditional schools they want to change, but they feel in the 21st century we, we, we have to change the system. And for, we have uh, cars, the, the, I'm comparing with cars and, 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 and horses, but we have no diesel cars. And what innovative schools do is creating a diesel who, is, who has less pollution. But we don't have to invent new diesels, no, we have to invent hydrogen cars or electric cars or, or cars who, who doesn't ride but float on the way or fly in the air or things like that. That's innovation. Yeah. And you, you can't innovate by thinking in diesels. And that's what traditional school, they think in cleaner diesels or they think in horses. Yeah. And, and the horse has to ride uh, faster. Yeah. And just the pioneers have on the horizon the idea that's the way it will be in the future and they focus in the future they focus it's like science fiction and traditional people uh, haven't that point of view on the horizon so you only can make changes in innovation by people who have that view or when they don't have that view no it's certain will be that in the future we are going to do it a different way. So together we are we are looking for it, but we don't know what the way is towards that horizon. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to find together. We have to find the way towards the horizon. Yeah. But the goal is to to get there and to find that innovation. And it isn't there. We have to create it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you tell a success story, like for a teacher coming from a traditional system and stop working here? There was a boy of 17, a boy of 16, two boys of 12. The boy of 17 said, I'm the spokesperson, I'm the marketing person. I will look for my best team, for my best team to get this challenge done. And it was a competition, it was a Raspberry Pi competition and he told about that. So he picked Pim because he was the best programmer and he picked the other students because they had different capabilities and different talents that he didn't have himself. So, so he picked the, the perfect team and they were, they were going to do this place where they had this, this competition and they were by far the youngest of all the participants and they won. And they thought for themselves that we didn't make something that special. <laughs> so that's really what they thought that they didn't, because it's normal for them. Mm. Those are the small, I would, I would say, small victories that you have in this school that we see the potential in these kids. These kids think it's normal. And we just, we just give them a podium and say, well, what you do isn't normal. And every single kid has this has this talent or has this, this, this thing and they just need the confidence to have the idea that they actually matter. Because when, they, when kids come here, they think 
that I, as a, as a grown-up, well, you're the grown-up, so, so you should know everything. And then you say, really? Trust me, I don't know anything. The, 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 the older you get, the less you know. So, yeah. in other words, you as a youngster, you have much more capabilities to, to develop than me as a grown-up. And when you are working here as a teacher, you have to imagine that if you work at a school like this, you're something of a parent. So, um, you don't have a curriculum. Uh, every student has his own personalized curriculum that they follow for themselves. The main thing you have to do is make sure they can learn. So have the environment, have a rich context in which you can learn. That's all you need. Yeah. I've been teaching for 15 years. I'm also a principal and I read everything about Hatti and all kind of teaching methods. So I would say I'm a, if I want to teach well with a good uh, teaching method, I got this big toolbox of methods, but still, it's always the motivation key, and that's what you talk about. And I actually agree that if a student is motivated, it's no, no problem. They can learn like the I don't know what it's called in English, but the gangetabellen, like the numbers uh, when you multiply, yeah. they can learn it in one week if they're yeah. motivated. Yeah. But sometimes in school we do it for like five years, so yeah. on and off. So yeah. I agree like uh, yeah. even though yeah. I'm this uh, toolbox guy with yeah. the methods yeah. I, I see that motivation is so yeah. important yeah. it is interesting when you talk about toolbox when I think that these people these people they work here they need an, a big toolbox the only thing that's that's really different is you wait until the perfect moment yeah. when you use a toolbox so if the toolbox isn't necessary don't use it. Yeah. But when the moment arises that you think this person needs this thing for my toolbox, then you use it. Yeah. And you have to create an environment where you're able as a teacher to be able to catch that moment. Yeah. So if you're not able to catch that moment because you were doing some stupid administrative work or you were you were checking your yeah. exams or you were in some dumb meeting with yeah. with people doing things to to keep the system in place yeah. that's the rubbish you have to get rid of because yeah. you don't want to miss that particular moment where you have to need the thing out of the toolbox yeah. Yeah. a very simple example is when children learn to read and uh, what parents do they read books for their children and children listen when they are small. And then at a the moment, by some children, when they are four or five years, are able to learn to read because they, their brains can explain what it means to have signs for a sound. Mm. Well, that's what reading is. And, uh, and every child has the ability to work with phonograms, when that is what uh, letters are, phonograms, uh, when at the age of seven, eight years. But we, we start reading at six. And what you have to do is at a moment you feel the child is up to the possibility to read, and then you say, you can't read the book by yourself. I can help you, oh, you learn to read. And that's the way it should be. So some children learn reading at seven and some at four or five. And, and, and now we compare them 
And when they are thick, they all have to learn, and 20% hasn't the ability to learn because the brains aren't ready yet. Mm. So they, they think they are stupid, yeah. and that's something that, that after 10 years, they always think they are stupid, just because they start too early of time in reading. So you have to be exact at the point that you say, and now... If you want, I can learn you how to read your book by yourself. And then they say, yeah, that, that, that would be very nice. And then in three weeks, you can read. Yeah. And it's very, very simple. So what you, you have to have a plan per child, a recipe per child, and, and not the, the thinking of uh, the, the class system with grades from age and, and things like that. And the, the government should, shouldn't test if the schools... Uh, uh, I, uh, it's, it's learning children to read at six in Holland. This is the time to, to read at six. That is uh, this completely uh, also scientific point of view from the neuro neurological yeah. way brains develop. Completely insane. Yeah. But we have to do it. Yeah. But we have to do it with the result that they lose their confidence. Yes. Yeah. They're six-year-olds and they don't yeah. they don't read, so so they get. Guidance in reading, and they yeah, get yeah. even more and even more yeah. tests, yeah. and and people are gonna do tests on them to see yeah. what's wrong with. Yeah, the, and in, and in free time they have to go back to school because they have reading lessons extra. So it is a kind of child abuse paid yeah. by the government. Yeah. I want to ask you because you talked about bullying, and you see a pattern that there is no bullying here. Yes. And the cause of bullying, uh, for sure, is treating every child equal. When you say the quality in you is that you being you is your quality, that you're different as an other person, that's your quality. So when you learn children to have respect for each autonomy and each quality everyone has, then there is no time for bullying. Why should you bully? Bullying is when you, you have an idea how you should be and you aren't as we think you should be. You are, for instance, you have red hair or you have, have glasses or uh, you are too thick or your ears are a little big or your nose is wrong. And, and then that's the opportunity to bully because then you can compare with the average child and that is what we don't. We, we have no average child because the average child doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Could you just take the, the quote from Bob Dylan? Yeah, just Bob Dylan said in the song, he said, but to live outside the law, you must be honest. And when it translated, uh, when you're an outlaw or, or looks like you're being outlaw, then you have to have a very good story and you have to be something that's trustworthy, that people think, yeah, he has right, we have to do it different. And that's the idea about Agora. Some people say you, you are an outlaw because you are anarchistic and you want to hit the system. Yes, I want to hit the system because inside the system we can be honest. And uh, when you see, for instance, in Holland uh, and presumably also in Norwegian, we have some idea when we have it segregates. So people from the lower class and who are poor have, have, have far less opportunities to succeed in life. 
And there is one thing that is, from a scientific point of view, uh, proved. That's the only way to, to get uh, to university is having parents with money. And, and, and not your brain and not your DNA. So uh, it's just the opportunity or the conditions to develop leads you to university. So we only have to create conditions that children can develop. And they don't have to go to university, but they have to be in a kind of well-being, develop and, and find their place in life. That's the way it should be. Da har vi fått med en elev som går på en agoraskole som heter Burt College Maspel. Det var nästan riktigt. Han har jobbat med ett väldigt spännande projekt. Altså på den skolan här har de inte teamplan och de, de jobbar bara med projekt de själv syns er intressanta. Can you please tell me about the project you're working on? Well, we made a project with a Raspberry Pi. It's like a small computer that's almost completely programmable. And um, we made it for a competition. It's called um, the Raspberry Pi Competition 2022 from PIE Consulting. And it's like a, it's a, yeah you needed you needed to build um, a project with the Raspberry Pi that aligns with the UN World Goals, like for making a better world. Yeah, that's so cool. And what was the project about? You're in a very old building and there's no good ventilation, so CO2 is really a problem. It's commonly too high. So we um, built a machine that basically reads the CO2 and then displays it on a screen and if it is too high, it will say, please open the doors and windows in Dutch. And after five minutes or so, when the, if the CO2 is still too high, it will say it again, but now angrier. And it will get angrier over time, like a few times. Yeah, very nice. And they also told me that you got master classes, and that's, that's like the parents are having master classes or friends of the parents. What could you tell me about the typical master class? We call them literally translated inspiration sessions, mm-hmm. and you can get inspiration for what you want to do with your challenge. But like, um, they don't always have to be uh, organized by a parent, but it's common. And then it's like somebody comes and tell about what they do for work or what they do as a hobby, like. I don't know when it was, but uh, writer of some books in the uh, came here and told people like, how do I read a good, how do I write a good book, how how may do you make a story and all. But it also sometimes is like a mandatory, and you it's so they like like with the writer they it was like how it's like. But those are to help with the school system. Mm. Like how how do I learn with this system of how? Yeah. But it's most of the time you just some people telling about what you do. You do. We have like a board where you can yeah where people can place a paper with what they um, what they are going to do, and you can sign up for it. So it's voluntary, you can choose if you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. You can. What's like the best masterclass you ever went to? 
Um, I think one of the robotics sessions because it introduced me to robotics and everything. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Nice. it was with Lego Mindstorms and they eventually also entered the competition. It's and it's a competition where you had to build a robot from Lego and we won um, the prize for teamwork with that. Hmm. Yeah, well. That's so good. It's better school in Norge.